Only three more steps to go. Three, two, one. Sophie! Oh man, busted. Okay, so it's because today at school, I persuaded a friend to test out my skateboard. But come on, how was I supposed to know she'd end up breaking her leg? Oops. I called your dad, and he's arranging your school transfer. What? Ugh! Is anyone else's mom way over the top, like mine? My dad's away on business trips a lot, so the majority of the time it's just me and her. But we're basically chalk and cheese. Everything I do seems to annoy her. Skateboarding or partying, even breathing, I suppose. Jeez, doesn't she remember what being young was like? Or was she born this boring? Then whenever something happens, she always rings dad and snitches on me. Ugh, speak of the devil. Oh, hi dad. Sophie, it's all sorted. You're transferring to Kings West High School next week. But, but dad, I don't want to move schools. You brought it onto yourself, young lady. I have an old friend teaching there. I've told her to keep an eye on you. So, you better behave yourself. Poof, he thought he could scare me. As if. I ain't afraid of some cranky teacher. So comes my first day at this place, and this teacher, friend of dad's, Miss Janet Clark, wouldn't quit gopping at me, and she kept on calling on me to answer her stupid questions. Um, no thanks. Ugh. I needed to liven this boring class up. So when the teacher briefly left the room, I immediately put Vaseline on the cap of her water bottle. It was so funny watching her failing to open it and ended up with a smudged hand. Then when she asked the class who was responsible, I grinned as I raised my hand. Another time, I put an air horn on her chair leg, so as soon as she sat down, there was an ear-splitting sound. It's as if she just farted. <laughs> Impressive. How do you think up such crazy pranks? You're even better than me. Huh? I froze for a few seconds. Who was this handsome boy, and why hadn't I noticed him before? Turns out he's Dylan, and like me, he's prone to getting in trouble. We were talking to each other passionately when I felt a hand pat on my shoulder. It was Miss Clark. She led me into the corridor, and I expected her to shout at me, but surprisingly, she didn't get angry or anything. Instead, she asked if I was having a hard time. Hmm? How odd. The next morning, I was about to enter the classroom when some popular girls stopped me. Who are you trying to impress? Better know your place, newbie. She's just another plain Jane. What are you worried about, Rebecca? There's no way Dylan likes her. Stay away from Dylan, else. Excuse me? This snooty girl just messed with the wrong person. And that's how we ended up pulling each other's hair until I managed to get a hold of her wrist and was about to give her a taste of my shoulder throw, then Miss Clark intervened. The so-called Queen Bee quickly fled the scene. Then Miss Clark led me out to the schoolyard for a walk. She told me that this girl Rebecca was Dylan's ex-girlfriend. Oh, how pathetic. Our Becky has a crush on her ex. Then Miss Clark continued asking if I really felt okay, as she thought there must be some reason behind my rebellious behaviors. Just like that, my emotions got the better of me, and I blurted out how I hated moving schools, and the only good thing about this new place was Dylan. And could you believe it? 
she actually gave me some flirting tips to impress Dylan, and also told me to text her if I had any problems. Hmm, maybe I'd been wrong about Miss Clark. She was actually pretty cool, and I started talking to her pretty often. Then one day, I arrived home to see my bedroom door was ajar. I peeked inside and spotted Mum on my bed, iPad in hand, reading my diary on it. Mum, seriously, can you please give me some privacy? Sophie, what's this about a downhill skating event? Do you want to die? It's none of your business. Ugh, Mum was so controlling. She wouldn't let me wear the clothes I wanted or even fangirl over the idols I liked. Feeling so wronged, I called Miss Clark to let out this frustration. She was so understanding, saying how adults sometimes make mistakes too, and my mom was in the wrong this time. Then said I should sign up for the skating event, as I was young and therefore I should fight for my dreams. I wish mom understood me like you do. You must be a wonderful mom. Your children are so lucky. She fell silent for a moment, then told me that as much as she wanted to be a mother, but she was divorced and had no kid. Adopt me then. I'd rather be your daughter than my mom's. Then she gently smiled at me. Thanks to Miss Clark, my stuffy home life felt a bit better. While at school, thanks to her matchmaking, Dylan and I were now a couple. Yay! Rebecca thus gave me dirty looks all the time in class. But tough luck, sweetie. And our one month anniversary finally arrived. Today, Dylan's taking me out for sushi. Yum! But I'd only had one bite when a familiar figure rushed over. My mom glared at Dylan, then dragged me home. Don't you ever talk to that awful boy again! You hear me? That kind of troublemaker is nothing but a bad influence. Cut ties with him ASAP! This was insane! But thankfully, Dylan overlooked my mom's craziness, and we continued dating secretly. But then one morning, I texted and called Dylan a bunch of times, but there was no reply. Was something wrong? We just had the best date last night, but now, nothing. I rushed to school, searching for Dylan, worriedly asking everyone if they had heard anything from him. When Rebecca suddenly approached me, Dylan could have died thanks to you. Seems like you and your crazy mom are cut from the same cloth. Okay, so... Turns out that after Dylan dropped me off after our date, he ended up in an accident. Luckily, he wasn't hurt too bad, but he was convinced someone had tampered with his brakes while he made a quick stop at the 7-Eleven near my house. And, yep, that must have been my mom, since he also saw her leave the store. How could she do that? She's ruined my life! Dylan broke up with me right after that. No way was I staying anywhere near her. So, I packed a bag and fled to the one place I felt safe. And here I am, at Miss Clark's house. <sighs> Peace and quiet at last. Oh, what's this? She looked so pretty when she was young. I turned a few more pages, then... Huh? Why does this man resemble... My dad? Then I saw a scribble. Janet, Bob, forever. Huh? It was my dad. So, she wasn't just his old friend, she was his ex. A thought suddenly popped into my head. Could she be my real mom? Maybe dad let me transfer to her school so we would be reunited. <laughs> Oof, forgive me. 
I must have watched too many TV dramas. <laughs> but honestly, how amazing would it be if she was my mom? <sighs> my real mom was such a nightmare. I went to the kitchen to see Miss Clark preparing dinner, and couldn't help but blurt out, Mom? She got extremely emotional, then pulled me in for a warm embrace and called me her daughter. Suddenly the phone rang. It was Dad. He told me to go home immediately or he'd stop my allowance. Miss Clark told me not to be worried and just go, but I had to show some attitude to let Mom know that I wouldn't back down easily. So from then on, as soon as I was home, I just went straight to my room without even looking at Mom. And also, every time she said anything annoying, I kept replying with, What's wrong with you? My teacher told me to do so. Stop overreacting. And you know what happened next? Yep, Mom called Dad. Again. I reported it to Miss Clark, as usual, and she told me that if I wanted Dad to stop listening to Mom, I had to tell him she was having an affair. What? Wasn't that too much? Did Miss Clark still have feelings for my dad? Was she only being nice to me so she could worm her way back into his life? After that, I didn't talk to her as much and tried to avoid her at school, just to be safe. But then one day after lessons, I found her waiting by my locker, looking all glum. She told me it was her birthday, but like every other time, she had no one to celebrate it with. If only you'd be by my side this year, my daughter. So I agreed to go for dinner with her, and then for convenience, I made reservations at Mom's restaurant. Hmm, maybe this wasn't such a bad idea. I mean, Miss Clark might be able to talk some sense into her, right? They could even actually get on. But as soon as Miss Clark walked in, Mom's face dropped. Janet, what are you doing here? Our restaurant is fully booked. Please leave. The two argued back and forth for a while, and I couldn't stand it anymore. Why are you so rude, Mom? She's my teacher! Mom then stormed off in a rage while Miss Clark and I just ignored her and carried on with our birthday plan. But as she was eating the baked lobster dish, she suddenly turned a funny color, then threw up. We took her to the emergency room, and the doctor said this was down to Ipecac, a vomit-inducing medicine. Who else is to blame? How could my mom be so cruel? Sophie, I'm fine. I'm sure your mom meant no harm. Mom looked furious and rushed over to Miss Clark. I had to pull her back, and then I told her she didn't deserve to be my mom. She was speechless and burst into tears. But it was too late. I announced I would move out of the house and stay with Miss Clark instead. So I went home and packed straight away, then left. But Mom wouldn't quit following me that whole week. It's super annoying. So Miss Clark came up with a new idea. We should move somewhere where Mom wouldn't find us. Huh? Was it a bit too sudden? But this was the only way I could be rid of my freaky mom. So, we moved to a little house in the suburbs. Miss Clark took good care of me and completed all of my school transfer procedures. The first few days were so much fun. We had a really good time together. However, I started to notice odd little things, such as she fed me pizza every single day. Pizza and pizza only. She also insisted I wear these worn old clothes and called me Dumpling? What a weird nickname. At first I just wondered why she did that, but then it started to bug me, so I asked her to stop. To my surprise, she started crying 
<sighs> Looks like I was stuck with this awful nickname. Things at home seemed off, and the new school was just as terrible. From the very first day, I again became the target of the mean girls. But one day, as they tried to stop me passing them, one of their faces suddenly turned pale. Uh, huh? Isn't that Alice's gross old shirt? Alice who? You know, Alice. The dumpling. She wore the exact same shirt with the word smart printed on it. I remember this vividly as I used to laugh at how brazen of that stupid girl for wearing a shirt saying smart. My god, even the trace of my cigarette butt on its flap? It's still there? But she's dead. Then they all looked at each other in fear and ran away. Huh? Chills ran down my spine. I didn't know who this Alice was and I didn't want to. The only thing I knew was I needed to get out of this place immediately. So I rushed home to pack my things before Miss Clark got back from work, but it was too late. Dumpling, where are you going? You have to stay with mommy. Then she quickly locked the door, dragged me inside, and started acting like a psychopath. Eat up, my dumpling. Why are you so sad? It's seafood pizza, your favorite. I'm sorry I didn't let you eat it before, but now you can have it all you want. I'll buy this for you every day. Panicked, I didn't know how to hold out against this insane woman when someone kicked in the door. It was Dylan, followed by my parents. Sophie, here you are, our baby. Oh, thank good God. I pushed Janet away and ran straight to them. But how did they find me? I decided to look into the case of my broken break again, as a few days after the accident, I came back to that 7-Eleven, and a cashier asked me if my mom came home safely the other day, as she saw a woman claiming to be my mom struggling by my motorcycle, saying there's some problem with it. That sounded way too fishy, so I asked to check the store's CCTV footage. And the culprit was not your mom as we all thought, but her. Huh? Why? She helped matchmake us. Why would she want to harm you? I don't know. Maybe she wants everyone to misunderstand and blame your mother. Luckily, our phones have still been sharing locations ever since we were dating, so I found you in time. Many thanks to you, Dylan. My father angrily looked at Miss Clark. Janet, things between us ended decades ago. Please get a hold of yourself. Oof, how ridiculous. Who do you think you are to assume this is about you? Dumpling is mine. She's my daughter, and she's staying with me. She broke down crying, and then admitted it all. From damaging Dylan's motorbike, to putting amnic medicine in her own food to fool people. I've tried... everything. I can't believe it. How could a gentle person like her do such things? After the truth was revealed, everything gradually got back on track. I went back home, but still... My mind constantly wandering back to her and why she did it. Until one day, I came home from school and was surprised to see that woman sitting on the couch in our living room having a coffee with mom. To be honest, I was a bit frightened at the sight of her, but she didn't look as unstable as before. It turned out that she'd just returned from a psychotherapy unit. She'd been suffering from her mental health since Alice, her daughter, passed away. Alice, aka Dumpling, was a stubborn teenager, 
just like me, and due to the strictness of her mom, she once left home in a temper and never came back as she got in a terrible car accident that night. So, as soon as Miss Clark saw me, she subconsciously wanted to turn me into her daughter to fix her past mistakes. Sophie, I'm truly sorry for the pain I caused you. I let my grief consume me and, as a result, I refused to accept how dark a place I was in. Teenagers are complicated, but please try to be more open-minded and show them love the correct way. Sophie's a good kid, and I don't want you making the same mistakes I did. Hmm. And so, everything ended in a good way. Although my mom and I still sometimes argue, now we both know how to control it. I also learned to share things with her so that we became closer. And now, when she calls dad, it's no longer to snitch on me, <laughs> but it's to talk about how our days went. By the way, I don't have to go on secret dates anymore either. There's my Prince Charming. How many times have I told him not to rev up the engine? Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... Hello everyone, my name is Susie and I will tell you what it feels like to not taste anything at all. I never thought that that was possible in real life, but it turns out that it can happen to anyone. But first things first, it happened one spring day. My older sister and I were cycling in a park not far from our house. In general, I can ride a bike very well, and apart from that, I have quite significant experience in it. I've been cycling since I was six years old but something went wrong that day. I wanted to show my sister how skillfully I could get from the curb to the road on a bicycle, but because of the wet road, the wheels began to slip and my bike fell down along with me. I could not manage to control the movement of the bike, so I collapsed to the ground and hit my head on the curb really hard. My sister Melody immediately rushed to me, but I lost consciousness. I came to my senses a few days later in the hospital. My head was bandaged, and there were a lot of sensors and doctors around. My mom was also present, and when I opened my eyes, she couldn't hold back her tears. It turned out that I had quite a serious head injury, which really scared all my loved ones. That day, it seemed like the worst was over because I finally woke up, but in fact, my biggest ordeal was yet to come. My mom, being happy that I was recovering, wanted to feed me with some tasty homemade food. As soon as the doctors gave the green light for her to do it, mom rushed home to bake my favorite strawberry tart. And finally, the long-awaited piece of tart was in my hand, and I was eagerly taking a bite of it. But suddenly, I faced a terrible disappointment. I couldn't taste anything at all. Then everything was like what you'd see in a movie. My mom was sobbing a lot, doctors were fruitlessly examining me and trying to find the reason for this, and I was crying into my pillow every night so that no one could see it. It turned out that when I fell down and got a head injury, some neural connections in my brain were damaged and I lost the sense of taste. Doctors were shrugging and saying that it would take some time and more thorough examination was required. Although, since then, a little more than a year has passed, and I still can't taste anything.
It makes my life unbearable and gloomy. I do not enjoy the food that I eat at all. As a result, I have a poor appetite. I lost weight and started having problems with my immune system due to the lack of vitamins. Doctors prescribe me a bunch of dietary supplements, which I always have to carry with me and take some of them on an empty stomach and others after meals. My classmates began to make fun of me because in the school cafeteria, I always had a pile of bottles with me. But then they found out that I couldn't taste anything and began to make experiments on me, adding a heap of salt or chili pepper to my food. My life began to seem dark and gloomy to me. I became more withdrawn and did not want to talk to anyone. There were days when I did not want to go to school at all, and I came up with various pretexts to stay at home. My performance worsened, although before I had always gotten good grades. In short, it seemed to me that the whole world was falling apart around me, and this was all because I had lost the sense of taste. At such moments, only reading could save me. I prepared a large cup of hot tea for myself, sat down by the window with a pile of books, and plunged into the unreal fantasy world to escape from my earthly problems. Yes, I did not sense the taste of tea, but it made me feel warm. Once, quite an ordinary morning began as always, with the bullying of classmates, but suddenly something happened that deeply struck me. One of my abusers, his name was Michael, suddenly began to intercede for me. Before that, Michael was absent from school for several days. Why is he protecting me? What happened? Before, he used to mock me just like everyone else did. These questions were spinning in my mind like flies, but I couldn't find an answer to them. It even seemed to me that he had some tricky plan for me to get my guard down and then hurt me again three times harder. A week had passed since that day and none of my classmates were bullying me any longer. I was so used to being an outcast and a loser in our class that at first it felt totally weird that no one offended me. Later, Michael came up to me and asked to go to the end of the corridor behind the stairs where it was possible to talk face to face where no one could hear us. Well, finally, I thought and followed him. Michael said that he had been absent because he had a sore throat, so he needed to take sick leave. When he was ill, he wasn't able to taste anything for several days, and during this time, he understood how horrible my condition was. He felt ashamed that he had been mocking me and realized that it was not my fault that I suffered from this ailment. He asked me to forgive him and said that he knew how to help me restore my sense of taste, but for this, he needed a little time. After this conversation, I started hoping that I would become like everyone else again. My mood improved, I began to smile more often, and I felt a desire to live. About a month passed since I had that talk with Michael, and he invited me to go behind the stairs again to have a word with me. There, he showed me a small vial with green liquid inside. When I asked what it was, he replied that it was a healing potion, which his grandma, who was a healer, prepared specially for me. Michael said that I should drink it exactly at midnight and then immediately go to bed without talking to anyone. Although I never believed in healers, I did everything as he said. When I opened my eyes in the morning, I immediately rushed to the fridge to try something and see if I could taste anything again. The first thing I found was a watermelon. I eagerly bit off a huge chunk, but then I was disappointed because everything remained the same. At school, I told Michael that the potion had not helped me, but he comforted me and assured me that I had to wait and the effect might not occur right away. I fastened on the hope, catching it like a lifeline, and just started waiting. I believed with all my heart and soul that the sense of taste would surely return to me again. But soon, a miracle happened. 
One of my classmates gave me candy. I took it reluctantly because I still didn't get any pleasure from it, but I didn't want to offend her. Without much enthusiasm, I unwrapped it and bit off a piece and instantly sensed the taste of milk chocolate in my mouth. I could not believe it and started eating more and more of it. Now, I don't know what helped me get my sense of taste back. This could be thanks to the potion given by the healer, my faith, or because of positive thinking. Whatever the truth, with the returning of taste to my life, it acquired fresh colors. I felt complete again. I wanted to study and achieve my goals. This situation showed me that those who we consider our enemies are not always soulless and cruel. Sometimes they're just ordinary humans who are under the thumb of others, and they do not want to stand out from the crowd. Apart from that, I realized that not every diagnosis is a verdict. How important is your taste for you? Have you ever thought about its role in our lives? Share your answers in the comments. Click the thumbs up button and subscribe to the channel to stay with us. I couldn't believe my eyes. A hidden camera! Right in my room. This couldn't be happening. Who installed it? And how did I not see it? Hi, my name's Susan, and you would never believe the story I'm about to tell you. I wouldn't believe it either, and to be honest, I still don't. I'll start by saying that ever since I was a kid, I've been considered weird. Yeah, my hobbies are not what you'd call ordinary. I used to watch videos about conspiracy theories. I believed in ghosts and the afterlife. I saw signs in everything. My friends and parents had gotten used to my peculiarities a long time ago. My mom and dad were more concerned that I was doing well in school and not hanging with shady people. My friends, on the other hand, appreciated my sense of humor and openness. And all was well until the night when I first noticed something strange. My friends and I were coming home from the movie theater, discussing the movie and making plans. Usually, we walk together to the same intersection, and then we go our separate ways home. We wished each other good night, exchanged jokes, and I turned onto my street. I was in a good mood. I walked past the houses and smiled to myself. But the smile disappeared from my face when I put my hand in my pocket to get my headphones. The pocket was empty. Oh, damn. I lost my headphones that my parents had given me for my birthday years ago. Maybe I dropped them on the way. <sighs> With a sigh, I headed back to the intersection, hoping that my headphones were still lying on the pavement somewhere. As I turned to the corner, however, I instantly forgot about losing them. My friends, who seemed to have gone home at the same time as I did, were standing at the same intersection where we said goodbye, arguing about something. I froze and opened my mouth to call out to my friends. Suddenly, Owen saw me. It's Susan, he yelled. The guy's face has changed and they started running away. I was still standing at the intersection, not really sure what was going on. I had no choice but to turn around and go home, giving up on my lost headphones. So, what was that all about? I asked this question in our shared chat room. What do you mean? Owen replied immediately. Don't make a fool out of me. I saw you at the intersection. You ran away as soon as you saw me. The chat was silent for about five minutes. I saw the guys were typing something, but they never sent it. I could bet that outside of the chat, they were discussing how to respond. You're making things up again, Susan. Finally wrote Tori. Did you watch your weird reptiloid videos all night again? The others responded with smiley faces. Oh, really? Of course, the 
best defense is offense. And actually, reptiloids do exist. I'll see how these geniuses laugh when the lizards take over the planet. I decided not to respond and toss the phone aside. And these are my best friends. I watch the notifications from the shared chat pop on my phone all evening, but I didn't respond. Surely, they were making wisecracks about my imagination. But the strange things didn't stop there. In the morning on my way down to breakfast, I heard my parents talking, and I almost fell down the stairs. They clearly weren't ready for me to get up so early. What do we need to talk about? Dad asked. I'd never had time to read the message. I had a lot of work to do. John, you're being irresponsible about your role. Mom answered. We need to say that Anne Jacqueline is sick, and we need to visit her next week. That doesn't sound believable, to be honest. Well, what can I do? They told me to improvise, and I last acted in a school play about 20 years ago. What does it all mean? What kind of roles are they talking about? Meanwhile, my parents finished their strange conversation, and my mother shouted, Susan, breakfast is ready! I had to go downstairs and pretend I didn't hear anything. Of course, my appetite was out of the question. Thoughts swirled in my head, one more suspicious than the next. My friends obviously wanted to discuss something without me. This has never happened before. We always did everything together and had no secrets from each other. My parents were up to something too and made up some crazy story about Aunt Jacqueline. Just so you understand, my Aunt Jacqueline is a very rich and very unpleasant person. Even on her deathbed, she wouldn't want to have poor people like us hanging around her. So, the story my parents were going to tell me was a total fail. But that's not what surprised me. They said to improvise. Who's they? Ugh, all this weirdness is worthy of the Shane Dawson channel. I'd love to jump to a conclusion or two, but I had absolutely no clue as to what was going on. I wanted to keep a closer eye on my parents' behavior, and I decided not to communicate with my friends at all for now. I was so offended by what they said. I was so angry that they made me look like a freak. So I'll let them hang out without me until they admit what they did was wrong. And they can explain their bizarre behavior. Well, for the next few days, my parents didn't raise any suspicions, as if they knew I was watching them closely. We usually spent Friday nights together. We'd have a nice dinner, and then we'd sit in front of the TV and watch a movie. We have a rule in our family. We take turns choosing a movie. One week it was mom, next week it was dad, and the week after, it was my turn. If it wasn't for this rule, I would have only survived family movie nights for a couple of months. My parents would usually pick some old movie, and I would almost fall asleep in the middle of it. But when it was my turn, we always had a great time. Well, at least I did. This Friday, I was out of luck. My mother, as usual, chose some old sob story. But this time, I didn't manage to get any sleep. The movie was called The Truman Show, and it was about a man who one day discovers that his whole life was a reality show. There were cameras everywhere. Every event in his life was directed by a genius producer, and the people, even those closest to him, are just actors playing parts. I forgot how to breathe. The credits were rolling on the screen, and I still couldn't get my thoughts together. Susan, is everything okay? Mom put her hand on my shoulder. Yeah. I stared at her, 
They said to improvise. Mom's words played in my head like a broken record, and my friends discussing something behind my back and then pretending it didn't happen. This couldn't be happening. Of course I couldn't sleep that night. Rolling from side to side, I tried to calm down and prove to myself that there was no reality show featuring me. It was a ridiculous idea. I could write a book with my wild imagination. I decided to bring my teddy bear Barney to bed. When I was a kid, he always helped me fall asleep quickly. But at some point, I decided that sleeping with a teddy bear at my age was stupid. Since then, Barney had settled on the shelf above my desk. I haven't picked him up for such a long time, and I wish I hadn't. Once I looked at his cute face, I screamed and dropped the toy on the floor. No way! As I took Barney into my hands again and looked closely, I felt my insides freeze. The hidden camera. It was installed in the right eye of my teddy bear. Who installed it? And what was it filming? Is my whole life a scripted show? Like in that movie? My parents came running into the room. When my mom saw Barney in my arms, she gasped and stared at my dad. Why didn't you tell me the truth? I screamed. What do you mean? Dad looked at mom disapprovingly. Didn't you tell her everything? I should have, but I forgot. Susan, it's... You forgot? I threw the bear to the floor. Forgot to tell me that my whole life is a stupid reality show and you're complete strangers to me. How could you forget that? Honey, Dad said softly. Don't be so dramatic. What's he talking about? What do you mean dramatic? Now I knew what that strange remark from Mom meant. My parents suggested we talk about this in the morning over breakfast without getting too emotional. They took Barney and cautiously left the room, clearly afraid of making me more angry. I was in shock. What was I supposed to do now? Where to go if everything around me isn't real? I grabbed my phone and opened the group chat room. My friends for days now have been trying in vain to work things out with me by sending me funny stickers and asking how I was doing and how long I was going to stay mad. Stay mad? I know everything! Despite the late hour, my message was immediately read by everyone in the chat room. Barry was the first to respond. I knew it was a stupid idea. Well, you should have thought of something different, Monica replied. Susan, we're sorry we tricked you. We had no other choice. Owen added a crying smiley face. I started typing, feeling tears well up in my eyes. What do you mean there was no other way out? My whole life is ruined. Now I don't know what's true and what's a lie. Who are my real friends and who are the actors who are paid to pretend to be my friends? Uh, Sue? You're obviously overreacting, Tori said. I felt like smashing the phone against the wall. Overreacting? My whole life is a freaking reality show, and I'm overacting? Susan, I don't really understand what you mean. Barry stepped in again. We just wanted to surprise you. I know those headphones were dear to you, but the ones we got you are mind-blowing. What other headphones? I was totally confused about what was going on. And then my friends, interrupting each other, began to tell me their vision of what was happening. As it turned out, they'd long noticed that my headphones were barely alive. Barry, Owen, Tori, and Monica decided to chip in and buy me the coolest new headphones. And to make sure I would use them, they decided to steal my old headphones. And that's what my friends did that day at the movie theater. 
I swear, Sue, you're gonna go crazy when you hear those basses, raved Owen. Wait a minute. You wrote that you knew everything. What did you mean by that? I didn't know what to answer, Tori. I didn't want to look any weirder than I was. Okay, this part of the story seemed pretty believable. But what the hell was up with the camera in my room? That's what my parents told me at breakfast. We installed hidden cameras a long time ago, Mom explained. There's more than one in the house, one per room. But don't worry, we only turn them on when the whole family goes on vacation. I should have told you about it, but I forgot. I got carried away. Actually, it's strange that you've only noticed them now, dear. Daddy frowned. How do you clean your room? Again, the best defense is a good offense. But what about the one sentence that scarred me so much? Our friends invited us to a spa hotel next week to relax, to have fun, Mom said. We were embarrassed that we weren't taking you with us, and we didn't want you to think we were tired of you. To be honest, I still didn't fully believe their explanations. Too many coincidences, don't you think? Or maybe I am living in a reality show. But then, how do I know for sure? Please, share your opinion in the comments. And if you like my story, subscribe to our channel and like this video.